With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
What's happening, everybody? Welcome into the ACC tailgate. It's the first time I've ever called it the ACC tailgate. Usually it's just ACC tailgate. But regardless, potato, potato. Uh, welcome into ACC tailgate right here on Chris Landry Football. I'm your host, Will Dalton, a.k.a. Wilburn Gold. Hope you had a great weekend. Welcome in uh, to everybody. Uh, it's a Tuesday. It feels like it should be uh, further into the week than it is. I don't know why. I don't know if that's just me or what have you. But I um, hope you had a good weekend. Uh, I know me personally, I've been do. I was swamped over the weekend doing uh, PA public announcing for the NCAA men's and women's soccer tournaments over in Cary, North Carolina, where they're having the College Cup. This year, several ACC teams uh, in that, in both the men's and women's tournaments. And I got to tell you, uh, and obviously I root for the ACC teams naturally. Um, but I, I got to be honest, you know, Carolina, I was happy to do that one. Uh, Carolina got a win in men's soccer. They won. Hang on, let me get my banner up here. Carolina, they won. Um, they beat UNC Charlotte. And both. by the way, both of the games, so I had men's games on Sunday, and then women's was Saturday and all the ones prior to that. But both games that I did on Sunday went to double overtime and ended up going to penalty kicks. The first game I did um, on Sunday was Marquette and Loyola Marymount. And Marquette ended up winning that one. If you're a soccer fan and keep up with it, you know this stuff already. But Marquette won that one by penalty kicks. It was an incredible game. It was a great – one would argue that uh, Loyola Marymount should have won that one. They had their opportunities. Uh, but Mark, once the penalty – it was a pretty tight, even game uh, the whole way up until the penalty kicks, and LMU really just kind of fell apart, and Marquette just completely dominated uh, the penalty kicks and won it. And then Carolina and UNC Charlotte, they ended up going to Oak double overtime and penalty kicks. Some would argue that UNC Charlotte had their opportunities to win that. Uh, Carolina got up uh, early in the second half. There was no score through the first half. Uh, and then I think, uh, I don't remember what the exact score was. Uh, I don't know if it was 1-1 or 2-2. Yeah, it was, I think it was 1-1. Uh, after regulation, uh, UNC Charlotte, I think they had another opportunity that they should have gotten to potentially win it. Uh, but they ended up tying that one within the last couple of minutes. Uh, weirdly enough, there was more Charlotte fans there than uh, Carolina fans. Uh, but again, went to penalty kicks. Carolina ended up dominating in penalty kicks and uh, took it to the house. So, obviously, being ACC guy and a Carolina fan, I was happy to see that. What stood out to me, though, as we get into the show here, uh, UVA uh, women's soccer is disgusting. Like, they got some players on that team, man. Like, their, their goalie, uh, specifically on Saturday, uh, they're going to play Rice in the third round. Uh, on either tomorrow or Thursday. So we actually won't have a show on Thursday. I'm going to see 
that we welcome in a new viewer. I'm going to see if we can do a show on Friday uh, this week instead of Thursday because I'm not going to be able to be here because I'll be doing, uh, you know, the soccer tournament again. But, uh, nah, man, UVA has some players. Uh, Alexa Spanstra. And, again, if you keep up with ACC soccer, you you probably are familiar with these people. I wasn't because I didn't. I hadn't kept up with soccer uh, in the in college anyway, much less not much pro soccer uh, up until this point. Alexa Spanstra for UVA had like four goals over two games. Uh, their goalie Laurel Ivory specifically, she you know she had a fairly quiet game in the first game they played in round one, but round two against um, God, who did they play? Uh, when West Virginia, I can't remember who UVA played. Uh, it was a good team, but I mean, their, their goalie, UVA's goalie was a steel vault. I mean, I need to look up, I need to look up who they played. She was a steel vault. I mean, she had like five saves, uh, in the first half of that game. That I mean, and we're talking when I'm saying saves, I'm talking like a horde of players, you know, right there at the goal, several shots at the same time trying to get in, and she stopped them all. I mean, I'm she is the reason that they ended up winning. I think the final was like three to one UVA. She's the 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 goalie for UVA, Laurel Ivory. She's the reason that they ended up winning that game. I mean, she was just a steel vault uh, this weekend. So I think she was on like an all. USA or something or another team. I mean, God, she was good. I mean, UVA's got some real talent. Deanna uh, Ordonez, I mean, they, they got some real talent on that squad. And there's a lot of uh, ACC teams. I don't know specifically the number, uh, but I know uh, Duke. I think I'm doing a Duke women's soccer game tomorrow. And then Carolina, you know, on the men's side, UVA on the women's side. And there's plenty others sprinkled throughout the tournament. So, I'll have to, I'll have to, I'll, I'll keep you guys updated on that because I mean, you know, obviously we want to see our ACC teams do well. BYU, that's who UVA was playing, and BYU just got shut down, specifically by UVA's goalie. But I'll keep you guys posted on that. Um, so obviously the draft, uh, NFL draft, took place over the weekend. And I would say for the most part, it went about how we thought it would. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence going to Jacksonville. No shit. Um, and by the way, get in get in on the comments as well. Uh, if you guys want, I'll feature you down here. We'll uh, interact live on air like I enjoy to do. Uh, Jacksonville taking Trevor Lawrence. That one was pretty much in uh, at the very moment that the Jets blew their opportunity to get him when they won that regular season game. Uh, this season, uh, the Jets, we pretty much knew they were going to take Zach Wilson. Again, I don't know a lot about Zach Wilson. You know, I know, obviously, Trevor Lawrence, because ACC guy. Uh, I know, if, you know, Trey Lance is going to be legit, uh, and 49ers ended up giving him, getting him. That was the first surprise. Because, uh, you know, obviously, 49ers got that three pick from the Dolphins uh, a while back. Not that long ago, but. It's been a while. Uh, it feels like it has. And the word on the street from everybody who's like, oh, I got a source in there and he knows his stuff, they're taking Mac Jones. They like Mac Jones. They like what they've seen out of Mac Jones. 
So I was all in on that. Uh, and I think most people were. However, there was details that came out that said, I, th- I think that they went and saw Matt Jones work out again. And they may have went and saw Trey Lance work out again. The 49ers did. So it's not a complete just – I mean, it was between those two guys, Matt Jones and Trey Lance, obviously. I don't think Justin Fields was ever going to be their guy. Uh, but for the most part, I think most people thought it was going to be Matt Jones. And then, you know, out of nowhere – which actually I think it's going to work out better um, for Trey. I, I think that's going to work out very well for them. So now it's gonna. I guess we'll see uh, what happens between Trey Lance and. I mean, I, I wouldn't say Garoppolo's out the door just yet. Um, I think now you just have a legitimate quarterback competition, and you know by Thanksgiving what you got. Uh, you, you know if if Garoppolo's gonna. I mean, because don't forget the one time that he played a full. Pretty, I guess basically, I don't know if he was out at all that year. They went to the Super Bowl two years ago, but the year he played. Most of the games for you, you went to the Super Bowl. Now, granted, most of that was on your defense. But, I mean, you can't go to the Super Bowl without somebody doing something at the quarterback position. So, it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. My gut tells me that in the end, Trey Lance is going to get the job. Uh, It's just what my gut feels like. But we'll see. Uh, But I think it's a really nice move, uh, again, from an up-and-coming 49ers organization you know, making nice moves yet again. Falcons, we discussed this on Thursday. I think it was pretty predictable that the Falcons were most likely going to take Kyle Pitts. Uh, their, you know, new head coach used to be a tight end coach. So I think it kind of makes sense. And Kyle Pitts, most people feel that Kyle Pitts is basically one of the more sure, you know, outside of Trevor Lawrence. He's one of the more surefire guarantees you know, to be something legit uh, in this entire draft. You know, people say he's not a tight end. He's not a receiver. He's a weapon. Like, he just – he has that kind of do-it-all – kind of like a Christian McCaffrey type deal where, you know, he's not a running back. He's not a – I mean, he just does everything. Um, So that's going to be interesting to play out, especially considering Atlanta's in my division, uh, Panthers. So we'll get to them in a minute. Uh, Let's see here. Spartan Barton, welcome in. Uh, ACC killed the Big Ten in the draft, absolutely. And by the way, speaking of the ACC, um, I tell you one of the other surprises uh, uh, late in the first round that definitely turned my head, and I would assume probably turned yours as well. How about Jacksonville sneaking in there and getting uh, ETN, the running back for Clemson? How about that? Literally, the best duo in college, in college sports, the best duo, in my opinion, since Tyler Hansborough and Ty Lawson were doing it up, Lob City style, at Carolina in 2009 when Carolina wiped the floor with everybody. In my opinion, Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne are the best college duo since those two. Um and they're both going to Jacksonville. Like, I think that's pretty cool. I think it's great for Trevor Lawrence. I think it's great for Urban Meyer. I think it's great for Jacksonville. Uh, but, oh, we'll get to this in a minute here. But it's, it's incredible for Jacksonville 
that they managed to get ETN. Now I think the biggest question mark for Jacksonville, because they already had a couple of nice uh, receivers from what I hear. You know, I haven't followed Jacksonville very closely. I don't know many people that have. But I think the biggest question now for Jacksonville is just getting their defense straight. You get that right. You got Lawrence. You got ETN in the backfield. You got some pretty solid receivers already. Um, you know, Jacksonville's uh, – I'm excited to see how that all plays out. Uh, I mean, because, and we've talked about this, Trevor Lawrence was going to, Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer are like the perfect fit. And the reason I feel that way personally is because Trevor Lawrence is an all-time elite-level college quarterback. Urban Meyer is an all-time elite-level college coach. And now you're putting those two together right on into the NFL. You know, this isn't, Urban Meyer coming into the league and having to deal with kind of a stuck-up, uh, needy's not the right word, kind of a stuck-up, stuck-in-his-ways NFL veteran that kind of wants to do things his way, maybe isn't going to buy in as much to what Urban Meyer's, you know, preaching over here, whatever that may be. You know, Urban Meyer has a very coachable elite level college quarterback coming right into the NFL with them and vice versa. So to me, this is a match made in heaven. I don't think they're going to miss a beat. Urban Meyer's picking up right where he left off. Trevor Lawrence is picking up right where he left off. Um, and I'm sure Dabo Sweeney will be fist bumping both of them. Uh, and then now you put ETN into the mix. It is just, it is going to be so perfect to watch. I think it's going to click very quickly. There might be a couple of growing pains, maybe, uh, but, man, it's going to be interesting to watch this unfold for sure. Um, so now I wanted to get to this. Spartan Martin, thank you. He, he says, nice shirt. I'm rocking my Star Wars shirt. It is Star Wars Day. Uh, may the 4th be with you. Uh, if you know me at all, you know I'm a Star Wars guy. Uh, I love Star Wars. have been obsessed with it since the second grade. I'm now 25, so that's quite a while. Uh, but I'm a massive Star Wars fan. Uh, my brain can turn into a Star Wars supercomputer on command. Uh, you know that this isn't just um, this isn't just oh, Darth Vader's cool, lightsabers are cool. Like I know, like my brain like is in is dialed into the Star Wars. Like I know like the theories, the planets, like different things. Like. I am in the trenches on the Star Wars stuff. So I always love Star Wars Day. It's basically like a, it, it is a holiday. So appreciate uh, the compliment on the shirt. Uh, some other comments here. Let's see. Matt, uh, Sport and Martin asked, what do I think of Matt Brown's new recruiting technique? Uh, I'm going to need you to kind of fill me in on that because I didn't know we had a new recruiting. Uh, now. I will say this, and maybe this will give you a chance to uh, give me a little more context on this question. I don't, I didn't know that Matt Brown had a new recruiting technique, but what I will say about Matt Brown's recruiting, and I said this on the Chuck Oliver show uh, when he was asking me, uh, you know, about Matt Brown being back uh, a couple weeks ago. To me, Matt Brown is just an assassin uh, on the recruiting trail, and the reason I feel that way personally is because I had an opportunity to kind of get a more up close and personal look at him uh, 
because when I interned in sports radio, you know, the show that I was interning at, the David Glenn show, you know, it was based around North Carolina pro and college sports and the ACC. That was the core of the show. And then obviously we get it, you know, it would, it was a traditional radio show. So you get into other topics as well, but ACC and North Carolina sports was the core of that show. You know, David Glenn is the ACC guy. So um, we would have, you know, in the football season, we would have Matt Brown in every week for the most part on his media days, which were Mondays. And then we also had David Cutcliffe in on Thursdays, I think it was every week, the Duke head coach. And um, one thing I same for Cutcliffe, by the way, as much as I hate Duke with all, all my passion and might, David Cluck, Cluck, David Cutcliffe is one of the most genuine people you will ever meet. Like, Half the time when he would call into the show, like we wouldn't even be talking. We would spend maybe five of the 10 to 15 minutes he was on talking about Duke football. And we would spend more, most of it talking about just life, like life experiences that he has had. Uh, and just, he provided so much value to the show. It was ridiculous. Um, and same with Mac Brown. And the reason, and this is what I was getting at. The reason I feel like Mac Brown is such an assassin on the recruiting trail um, is because he's just such a genuine guy. Like, he really cares about his players. Uh, you know, he's not over there just trying to sell the program. He's not over there just trying to get players to come, you know. I mean, we see this all, not just in recruiting. We see it in people trying to sell you stuff, you know, people trying to get you to go, you know, take their master class, watch their videos. You know, they're, they're, they're PRing for themselves. They're, they're pushing you to go do their buy or watch their thing. But it's like, they're more concerned about what they're getting than what they're giving you. And I think the way to really win in that space, whether you're trying to sell something, whether you're trying to promote something, whether you're trying to market something, you know, whether you're trying to recruit people to your program, I think it becomes more about giving the other person value more than, you try, than you're trying to take from them. And, you know, give as much as humanly possible without even asking for your, something for yourself in return that's when you that's when you're on to something um and i believe that wholeheartedly that's that's one of my core principles is give more than you take um i just it always comes back around in the end let me plug up my phone here so we don't die in the middle of the show how about that i have to adjust my camera okay pull the corner here we go to adjust my camera again. There we go. There we go. Get adjusted. Okay, now, now we're back. Um, but no, so that's why I feel like Mac Brown is just such an assassin on the recruiting trail, is because he's genuine and he cares about these guys more than just players, athletes. He cares them about them on a human level. You know, he wants them to succeed, and he genuinely is – he almost has like a grandpa vibe to him where he just – he's that genuine. He just cares about his guys on that – even even if they're not his guys yet, like, you know, when he goes to these guys' homes or on calls to recruiting, he genuinely cares about these guys. And I think that is why, you know, he's just that good at recruiting. Now, back to Spartan Barton's point um, – the new recruiting technique. Let's see. 
Matt Brown bought a new house less than a mile from the stadium so that he can legally host recruits at his house for unofficial visits. That's brilliant. I had no idea he did that, but I could absolutely believe that Matt Brown would do that because that that's brilliant. That is absolutely brilliant. So you put everything I just said about Matt Brown and just the way he is as a person, and then you put that into the mix, you know, kind of some smarts and kind of the brains of the operation. You know, no, no wonder he's been able to get the caliber of players that he's been able to get up to this point. So thank you for bringing that up. That's, that's really interesting. He bought a house less than a mile from the stadium so he can legally host recruits at his house for unofficial visits. That's awesome. I'm proud to say that's my football coach right there. Enough said. Um, let's see here. So, sticking with the draft, um, I don't think it, uh, moving on. You know, we were talking about Kyle Pitts round four, round five. I don't think it, I don't I don't think it was any surprise uh, that the Bengals took Jamar Chase. I think it was between Jamar Chase, the wide receiver out of LSU. And Panay Sewell, you know, obviously the O-lineman out of Oregon to protect Joe Burrow. But I think ultimately this was a no-brainer. Um, I mean, Jamar Chase had like 20 touchdowns when Joe Burrow and he were together that national championship year two years ago over at LSU. I mean, they, they put up ridiculous numbers. The Bengals are going to be very interesting to watch. You know, they 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 got something brewing over there now. Now I think the real thing now is going to be the defense and protecting Joe Burrow. I I, I think it's what it's all going to come down to uh, for the Bengals. So, but that's going to be in, very interesting to watch again. Jalen Waddle again. Most people thought he was going to go to the Dolphins if available. He did. You know, basically, in other words, no excuses for Tua. This you, we're going to find out. You know, I I think people have been a little quick to kind of question Tua given that he hasn't even had a chance to take a breath in the league just yet. But I get it because he did have a major college injury, so that that definitely affects probably some people, you know, potentially believing in what he brings to the table. But much like Garoppolo and Trey Lance over in San Francisco now, you're going to find out real fast, now that you add Waddle to the mix of already some pretty nice pieces over in Miami, we're going to figure out what we have in Tua by Thanksgiving. Because if you can't do it with this group, they're, they're probably going to have to move uh, and figure something out. So I don't even know who their backup is now because obviously Fitzgerald's not there anymore uh, because he went to Washington, which I really like that move. Uh, the And you know what? I'm glad you brought this up, Spartan Barton. Uh, the steal of the draft was trashed to Tampa. And I, you know what? I thought about you when I saw that uh, late. You know, when I saw that, you know, I'd seen – Leading up, I believe that was round two, I think, or maybe round two, I don't remember. But taken by Tampa, there were, you know, most people, I think I'd seen there was speculation that Tampa was going to take him, which is awesome because he gets to stick around in Florida, so that's cool. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, good pick for them. I mean, obviously, I don't know if you've heard, but I think that Tom Brady guy is going to stick around for a few more years. But – when Tom Brady does retire, which it ain't that far out. I mean, obviously Tom Brady's going to be ridiculous seeing him go at it for another two, three years, which he probably will. But, I mean, obviously that'll that'll go just like that. So, good move by Tampa. You know, obviously you're being a fan, 
you know, you love that pick. But I actually think it was a very smart pick for Tampa because they're going to need, you know, somebody after Tom Brady retires in, you know, two, three years. So, and I, and I obviously Trask was ridiculous this year at Florida. So I actually think that was like a legit steal in the draft. Uh, and I think we're going to look back and be like, low-key, really nice, quiet move uh, there by Tampa. Let's see here. So last pick of round two that was. That's what I thought. Um, and then he also says, we'll know real quick how two, how good two is. I 100% agree on that. Uh, we're going to know that probably by the holidays, by Thanksgiving, probably. Um, so let me get to my team. And, and Panay Sewell went to the lines. I think most people thought uh, that, you know, there was a couple, as we're welcoming a few more viewers, there was a couple ways the Lions could have gone because let's just be honest, the Lions need damn near everything. Uh, obviously, Jared Goff is there, and God bless him. Um, you know, you could you could have done anything here. You could have gotten him a weapon. You could have, But I think the good decision here was to get him somebody to somewhat protect him, and I think the, obviously Solna in uh, the office there, the Lions were extremely excited about this pick, so we'll see. Um, but, you know, nice pick there by the Lions. Let me get to my team, the Panthers. Because obviously, so far on the board, one through eight in the first round, most of it was how we expected it to go. Really the only pick that didn't go the way most probably thought was pick three, Trey Lance to the 49ers and not Mac Jones to the 49ers. And then, of course, you know, my team is has to be the next on the list to have the pick that everybody's like, wait, huh? Because Justin Fields was available. Matt Jones, even though nobody wanted him, you know, not, not from the Panthers anyway. No, there was no speculation that Matt Jones was going to the Panthers. You could have gotten Slater, the other O-lineman that was right there kind of with Panay Sewell. Uh he was available. Justin Fields was available. And I think it was between those two picks. At least that's, that's how I felt because it, it was one of two things. And, and I posted this, I think, on my Snapchat uh, story earlier in the day that day. I was kind of torn on this pick because, you know, I, I'm not – I don't have an issue with, with Sam Darnold at all. Um, it's, I, to me, the whole thing was, all right, you kind of tried this little experiment to see, all right, does he have it or does he not in Teddy Bridgewater last year? Obviously, I think he's getting too much flack personally, but obviously I, I never thought he was the long-term guy, and he wasn't. He's now in Denver. Um, Sam Darnold is very similar, although it's a little different because Sam Darnold was pretty much the same age as most of these quarterbacks in the draft, which made this kind of an interesting situation, you know. Uh, the ultimate question with Sam Darnold is, did he struggle and kind of fall back because of the Jets and their shitty culture, or did he struggle and fall back because he's just not all that in a bag of chips? We'll see. Um, my whole issue was like, do we really want to put all our eggs in that potential basket? Is, is he the guy, was it the Jets or was it Sam Darnold was the reason that he kind of started to get a little quiet and struggle. So 
I would not have had a problem taking Justin Fields at all. I actually was actually kind of leaning more that way uh, because that way, much like Trey Lance and Garoppolo, you can kind of figure out, all right, let's figure out who the guy is. We, we, we got something to work with here. If it's not Darnold, we got Fields. If Fields doesn't work out and Darnold's cooking, we got that. So it gives you options. It doesn't put all your eggs in Darnold's basket. Um, so that's where I was kind of leaning because at the end of the day, the Panthers are on the rise. They're building. You know, they've, they've been bit rebuilding ever since Tepper cleaned house last offseason. You know, get rid of Cam Rivera, the whole nine. You know, no regard for the fact that Cam, what he did for almost a decade for Carolina, no regard for what Greg Olson did for however long he was there. Um, you know, no, which I get it. It's a, it's a business decision. You're rebuilding the culture. You're rebuilding the foundation to how you want it. So so be it. I didn't like it, but I understand it. I'm not going to be mad about it because um, I understand how this works. Um. So they're building a foundation. The Panthers quietly had a very good offseason last year. Obviously, all defensive picks in the draft last year, so that's back on. It's on the come up. Not quite there yet, but it's coming. Uh, Panthers have really nice offensive weapons. Obviously, McCaffrey, DJ Moore, and others. Um, um, Robbie Anderson, obviously, from the Jets. Now, that's a potential uh, boost because he's reuniting um, – He's reuniting with Darnold, and they had a pretty nice connection with the Jets. So, I get it. Uh, but you you need the quarterback for, for the future. And that's really, if I could say, the, the only things that the Panthers are lacking, because, again, the defense is on the come up, the offensive weapons are there. Really, you just need to figure it out on the lines, specifically the offensive line, and get your get your quarterback for the future. That's what you need. And the Panthers have yet to find the quarterback. Maybe, maybe they have it in Darnold, but obviously we got to see it on the field first before we know that. Which is why I was kind of leaning towards, listen, going through quarterback after quarterback after quarterback gets expensive. It, it gets kind of like, all right, it, it becomes a revolving door. We've seen this happen before, you know, like with the Browns, you know, Manziel and uh, you know, RG3 came in there, and, you know, we, we've seen it happen over and over and over. So the, I was leaning more towards wanting to get Fields. However, I would have also been perfectly fine with a Slater um, who ended up going to the Chargers, which was a very, very nice pick uh, to protect Justin Herbert. But I would have been fine with that as well. You know, again, rebuilding the O-line. Um, they ended up taking, long story short, even though it wasn't really short because I, I kind of went a while there, they took J.C. Horn out of South Carolina, cornerback. And I got to be honest with you, don't sleep on that pick if you're a Panther fan or if you're just somebody who's interested in such things. Do not sleep on that pick. And I know it because the typical fan reaction to not taking the big name, a Slater at the O-line, a Fields, a, a Matt Jones to a lesser degree, is you see a name that you had no idea was even in the draft, potentially, and all of a sudden you get upset and you, you're like, oh, what are we doing? You know, people saying that was an inexcusable pick and blah, blah, blah. 
Don't sleep on that pick. J.C. Horn was out there shutting down eight SEC guys all year. Kyle Pitts said he was the toughest guy that he had to face off against on the other side of the field all year. He's edgy. He's aggressive. He's a nuisance out on the field, which is what you want on defense. Do not sleep on J.C. Horn to the Panthers. Do not sleep on that pick because keep in mind, the Panthers got it right uh, with with Jeremy Chinton uh, last year at safety. They got that one right. That was the 64th pick in the draft. They got that right. So I'm going to trust the Panthers' judgment on this. And there were some other really nice picks as well that the Panthers got uh, that a lot of people that study such things will tell you. Like Matt Rule made some nice moves over the weekend. Let's just say that. Uh, But and and Spartan Barton, get he knows. I mean, you know this. You're a Florida guy. You watch the SEC. Horn is top notch. He's the only defender who shut down Pitts, period. And that is, again, that that's not even just coming from Spartan Martin. That's coming from Kyle Pitts himself. He said it's the toughest guy he had to face all year. All year. He's a nuisance. He's edgy. He's scrappy. Uh, I got a buddy that's a South Carolina fan. He told me, he's like, bro, you got a nice one. And, and most people that study such things closely, like, you got a nice one. So, no, they didn't get the big-name guy. They didn't get Justin Fields. They didn't get Slater. But don't sleep on this pick. They basically just told you Darnold's the guy. We're going all in on Darnold. Period. So be it. Just protect him, for Christ's sake. Uh, I'm not completely – I mean, hey, I'm in on it. I'm in. I'm I'm, I'm on the Darnold train. I believe in him. I I think he could potentially do it. I like how he's got that connection again with Robbie Anderson again. And, hell, Teddy Bridgewater was clicking with Robbie Anderson. How do you think Darnold's going to do after he's already had that connection with him? So, yeah. Spartan, you're not going to be able to throw against the Patriots. Yeah. So, again, the, the ultimate question here is, is Darnold going to be the guy? We will see. They did pick up his fifth-year option as well over the weekend. So, basically, the Panthers went chips to the table, chips to the table uh, on Darnold. So, we'll see. But don't sleep on J.C. Horn. Do not sleep on him. You probably will, but don't sleep on him. Because we will have this conversation again a little later down the road. And I'll tell you, you should have trust the Panthers' judgment on this. They got it right with Jeremy Chin. They seem to know what they're doing on the safety corner position here. Don't sleep on J.C. Horn. Um, and Chris Landry has had good things to say about Darnold as well. Uh, says Spartan Barton. So that's what I'm saying. Like I feel, I feel better about Darnold than I did Teddy Bridgewater, and I didn't feel bad about Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, but again, we'll see. You know, I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm in. I'm all in with you, Panthers. I'm all in. Sam Darnold. Here we go. Here we go. So the real question is, who's the backup? So at least if anything happens, like again, like, and, and that's why I would have maybe. I'm not sleep. I like the J.C. Horn pick. The more studying I've done about it, um, the real thing is, I potentially still would have went Justin Fields just to have that security of if Darnold isn't the guy, all right, we're good. We still got Fields, but so, still, I don't sleep on J.C. Horn. This is a very nice pick out of the Panthers. Again, there's a lot of nice picks they could have made: Fields, Slater, and J.C. Horn. If you weren't going to take Fields or Slater, J.C. Horn was 
I, all right, Panthers, we'll see. So uh, that's going to do it for today. I got to get out of here. Chuck Oliver's show is coming up next. Appreciate everybody tuning in today on Star Wars Day, uh, on the NFL draft aftermath. We're going to get in some uh, ACC football stuff, talking about the returning quarterbacks that are coming. Uh, the, keep in mind, that show, assuming I can get a time slot, which I don't think it should should be a problem, That sh- our, our second show of the week will be on Friday. It uh, should be 11 a.m. Eastern time, so keep an eye out for that. We'll not have a show on Thursday. I won't be able to be here. Uh, but until then, appreciate you guys tuning in. Appreciate our podcast listeners. Appreciate our sponsor, American Betting Experts. Uh, Friday, assuming I can get it worked out, which I think I should, keep a lookout. 11 a.m. Eastern time on Friday. Uh, we'll, we'll get into it again right here on ACC Tailgate on Chris Landry Football. See you next time. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.